Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Faith actually gets awoken when you say things. So does fear. So does doubt. When God changed Abraham's life, He changed his speech. Your speech has to change. My speech has to change. Let's declare this together. Say, today, I believe I can be changed by the Word of God. I declare my heart is open, my mind receptive. I can become all God desires in the mighty Name of Jesus. I declare His Name, His blessings, His Word, His Spirit is my strength. Strengthen me today, strengthen my family, impart vision, impart faith, God, in Your powerful Name. And everyone said, come on, one more time, let's give the Lord a hand. Praise God, praise God. Grab your seat, grab your seat. Can we thank our worship team? Thank you guys. Who has cooler hair than Josh Faringer? Not many people, not many people. He's got the jo- uh, Roger Federer haircut going on. <laughs> Sorry, man, I just like to embarrass you. I wanna talk to you today along this thought, the journey of faith from 36,000 feet. The journey of faith from 36,000 feet feet and uh, I've never preached this type of way before so it's a bit of a risk <laughs> and uh, I'm believing it's going to speak to you where you need it but I'm, I'm like Lord help me. Ever prayed that before? When you're standing in front of a group of people and you're like I'm going to try something different. Lord help me. Someone say Lord help him. I believe also in encouraging church. Many of you are new to our church and you might have treated the church like a cemetery in the past, but I believe that the house of God should be a place of life and a place of strength and a place of encouragement. And uh, if you'll uh, give me your best, I'll, I'll be sure to give you my best each time. And even if you don't give me your best, I'm gonna give you my best. First time I ever stepped on a plane, I was probably 17 and a half years old. Um, I was actually flying from Sydney to Adelaide, uh, Australia, and I was going to see my cousin and his 21st birthday party. And um, I was excited to get on the plane for the first time. I, uh, it was a re- really, really good time. My son though, Benjamin, he was on the plane a little bit earlier than me. At 11 months old, he flew from Newark to LA, LA to Sydney. How many of you know that that's a flight? That's a long flight for anyone. When you're an 11 month old baby, that's an eternity. And, and, and my wife and I were so proud the very first time he flew because he was the model baby the first time over. We were like, our baby's the greatest baby. We are the greatest parents and there's no one like us. 
Well, we're in Australia for a couple of weeks and then on the way over, unfortunately the day before we fly back to Newark, um, he gets a double ear infection the day before we're about to fly. And uh, so we were like, man, I'm not sure how this is gonna go. Anyway, we grab our seats and we wanted the aisle seat because we knew that we were gonna be up and down a lot with a baby, 11 month old. And so we kindly asked the gentleman in the aisle seat, hey sir, uh, we're gonna be up and down a lot. Um, Do you mind switching so you can have the window or the middle? And he just looked at us kindly and said, no. (laughs) We weren't ready for that answer. We're like, all right, I I guess, whatever. If you wanna be a jerk about it, okay. (laughs) An hour or so later, uh, he was having his food, we were having our food. uh, Benjamin kindly leaned over and threw up on him. (laughs) And his food. Internally, sorry, externally, we're like, sorry, very sorry. Internally, we're like, that's what you get. (laughs) That, my friend, is what you get. You're gonna know. That was the start of an amazing 20 hours where Benjamin definitely did diarrhea all over his pajamas. And that's interesting to change in a tiny little bathroom as he's kicking and flailing everywhere and screaming and people are looking at you like, control your child. How many parents have ever looked at other people as they're looking at you, giving you the death stare about your out of control children and just gone, I hate you. (laughs) I wanna give you an overview today of this faith journey. It's funny when you get on a flight, the flight attendant is gonna tell you how to buckle your seatbelt and hopefully you already know that. She's gonna tell you a bunch of other things, but then the pilot is actually going to tell you and describe the flight and sometimes what he'll say is, he'll say, hey guys, it may get a little bumpy, but don't worry, I'm gonna get you there eventually. And kind of today, I wanna take the next 30 minutes or so and just talk about this journey called faith. And uh, it may get a little bumpy, but trust me, in 30 minutes, we're gonna land this plane and you're gonna hopefully have some more insight on what the faith journey truly, truly looks like. Because how many know that sometimes you jump into the faith journey and you're like, this isn't what I expected. Someone told me it was gonna be rosy and nothing but dancing in in the lily fields with Jesus. And this is not my experience. Are you with me? The first picture I want you to understand today and grasp in your faith is that you and I are uniquely made. There is a fingerprint that you and I have that no one else has. And this fingerprint says to you and me that the Father has formed you, the Father has fashioned you, that you are divinely and uniquely created by God. You are unique, though humanity itself is not really unique. And God has something unique for you to do. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 actually says, before I formed you in the womb, He says, I knew, I knew you, I, I fashioned you and I set you apart and I appointed you a, a prophet to the nations. God is intricately designed in your personality. 
God is not surprised by your gift set. God has uniquely wired you. And the interesting thing about your faith and my faith is most of the times we don't come to God because we were seeking God. We actually come to God because we're trying to find out who we are. We're trying to find out our identity. We're going, God, do you have something for me? Do you have a plan for my life? How come I feel empty? How come there's something broken about my life? See, how many know that you're born and then you live and there's a number of years where most of the times you don't actually care about God. You're like, I do life my own way. And then you break a little bit of your life and you go, that wasn't meant to happen. And God begins to actually speak to you about you often. I remember I didn't seek God because I was holy. I sought God because I felt empty. And most of the time we actually find God and come to God because there's a feeling of emptiness that we cannot describe. But that feeling of emptiness was actually put there by our Father because we are not meant to do life on our own. Genesis 1:27 So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created the male and female. He created them. If you want to know what you're meant to look like, you're meant to look like your father. If you want to know what your character is meant to be like, it's actually meant to be like Jesus. Wouldn't the world be a better place if your character was like Jesus? Wouldn't your family be a better place if your family looked like Jesus? See, a lot of the time we wanna point out the problems in the world, but God's like, hey, how about you become more like me? Can I get an amen? Amen. You'll discover your fingerprint, your uniqueness when you first connect to your Father. We've been in a series called Luke 2.52 and I want us to throw the, the quadrants on the screen. And these quadrants, I wanna let you know today that you and I have to manage our lives. You and I have to live lives of wisdom. How many know that Scripture has wisdom for us? And I have been a pastor now for 15 years and I have found that most prayer requests fall in the spiritual category or in the health category or in the relationship category or in the finance category. But here's the thing, you and I have to adopt the principles of wisdom so that these parts of our lives are not falling apart. And you'll know this if you're in a transform group. And if you read the book, you'll know this. And if you get around our church long enough, you'll actually go, wow, God wants me to be wise. Wouldn't that be a good thing if you actually reflected the wisdom of God as His children? And sometimes we want God to fix our lives, but He's like, no, I'm not gonna fix your life. I'm gonna give you a different path. I'm not gonna fix your life. I'm gonna give you a path of self-control. I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna teach you how to manage your days and manage your weeks and actually have a healthy picture about your life. Are you with me? I want you to know today that the four quadrants are not the finality of the spiritual walk. They're actually the foundation. And Jesus actually was released into His calling after 18 years of actually moving forward in the four big areas of life. So let me say this about the four areas of life. The four areas of life are simply foundational to you discovering your calling. The four areas of life are simply foundational for being successful in your calling. The four areas of life help you have a good family. The four areas of life help you have good finances. The four areas of life help you actually unpack your health. And what does that look like? Does that make sense? Such an important part of the journey that we have 
is really understanding how important the Word of God is, the Bible. Listen to what Proverbs chapter 20, sorry, Luke 24 says. Luke 24 says this, Jesus has risen from the dead. Jesus is walking with two people that do not recognise Him. And Jesus says this in Luke 24 verse 25, He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in all the Scriptures concerning Himself. Which says to me that Jesus values the Bible. I know that's elementary, but Jesus values the Bible. And if I am gonna follow Jesus, I actually need to value the Scriptures. And I pray that there are moments in your life where you literally go, God, I'm not sure what to do, but I'm gonna dig into Your Word and I'm gonna strengthen myself by Your Word and I'm going to consistently find a place where I get in it, whether that's every day or that's three times a week. But I'm telling you today as your pastor, There are too many people who are relying on Sunday to feed them when they have to be a self-feeder. There does come a point, every person I've ever met whose faith I would like to follow, there is a point in the game when they say, I need the Word of God. I need to become a self-feeder. How many know when you get together on a special occasion, there's more seasoning on it? It's like you get together under Thanksgiving and family gets together. But how many know that if the only time you eat is on Thanksgiving, you have a problem? If the only time you eat is on Sunday, eventually you'll be a malnourished Christian. If you only eat, why do, why do I say get in a transform group? Because you're gonna get taught the Word of God there. Why do we say get in a dream team? Because you're gonna get taught the Word of God there. And there has to come a time where you value the Word. of the time when someone says to me, Pastor, I'm struggling spiritually, I can ask them, hey, are you in the Word? And 99% of the time, they are not. So if you want your, your spirit to be strong, find time. You might be like, I don't have time. Actually, all you have is time. All you have is time. You know, John Wesley's mother, I think he had 14 children, 14. She would put this towel over her head and say, don't disturb me. I'm spending time with Jesus. And she would pray often for an hour and read the Word with a towel over her head because she had 14 children. John Wesley learnt to value the Word of God. 2 Timothy 3.15 says, And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Why is it important that parents, we teach our children the Word of God? Because it makes them wise. Psalm 119 verse 11, I have hidden Your Word in my heart that I might not sin against You. Praise be to You, Lord, teach me Your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from Your mouth. I rejoice in following Your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on Your precepts and consider Your ways. I delight in Your decrees and I will not, watch this now, I will not neglect Your Word. You might like, Pastor Anthony, I'm not a reader. Listen to it. I don't like listening. 
pictures. Picture Bible's pretty cool. Occasionally, I, I looked at my son's picture Bible recently. I was like, why did I ever stop reading this thing? This thing's awesome. Come on, somebody. Your Word is a light to my feet. It's a lamp to my path. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that, someone say so that, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes for our struggle, not one person's struggle, not the spiritual person's struggle. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, because of this, because there is a real spiritual battle, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after, after you have done everything Everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth. The first thing was the belt of truth. I was on a flight one time from Japan to Australia. I can't remember if I was coming to America or going back to Australia and it got super turbulent. And unfortunately, because of a ridiculous flying experience when I was 19 and I first flew to America, it took 45 hours to get here. It was the worst thing you've ever imagined. Well, actually, it's not the worst thing, but it was, it was up there. And then on the last flight, it was so bumpy and so turbulent that I ended up throwing up on the plane. So ever since then, I used to be able to go on roller coasters. That's over. I can do one and maybe done a couple of hours later. I say, okay, we'll do it again. But I was on this flight from Australia to Japan Japan to America and the flight was as bumpy as I've ever been on in my life. And I'm like, uh, 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 please don't throw up, please don't throw up. Lord, help me, please don't throw up. Think of nine little kittens, think of nice things. I'm trying to distract myself. Nine little puppies, if you're a cat person, dog person, doesn't matter. Like think of nice things, think of nice things. I was trying everything. I was praying in tongues. I was doing everything. <laughs> so bumpy and so turbulent that all of a sudden I'm about to throw up and I'm like, I am run, I'm about to run to the bathroom. And the flight attendant says, sit down, sir. It was super turbulent. And I had to put on the belt again. And too many people, when it gets turbulent in the faith, too many people, when it gets turbulent in the faith, they literally go, I didn't sign up for this. Yes, you did. Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. But then He says, but take heart, I'll get you there. Don't jump out of the plane, that's gonna go really bad. Stay in the plane, put the belt of truth on your life. Put the belt of truth on. Sit down like pastor, oh, I'm gonna throw up. Put the belt of truth on. Sit down, stay where you are. Maybe God's saying I need to go to the bathroom. No, He's not. Put the belt of truth on. There will be turbulent times. There is turbulent times. There is troubled times. Don't ever think that just because someone's spiritual, they have no problems. Sometimes they have more because they're actually battling some things for other people. They're fighting for other people. Put on the belt of truth around your waist. 
I remember many years ago, a man preaching to us. I was 19 years old. I was at Liberty University. And he said, you've got to hear the Word. You've got to read the Word. You've got to study the Word. You've got to meditate on the Word. You've got to memorise the Word. You've got to speak the Word. And when you do that, then you have a great hold of the Word. The Apostle Paul was not always praying and saying to the church, pray for me because I'm under spiritual attack. I don't know if I can stand in the faith. He was, no, pray for me that I might declare the Word of God boldly because he was rich in the Word. You can be rich in the Word by sitting on one Scripture. This isn't time to get guilty because you need to read the Bible more. Too many Christians walk around and go, this year I'll read the Bible more. No, don't just read the Bible more. Sit in one book. Sit in a couple of Scriptures. And just sit and process and eat it and eat it and eat it. And when the turbulent, turbulent times come, you'll be calmer. Peace be still. You've got to unpack your fingerprint. You've got to unpack the four quadrants of life. You've got to unpack and understand the importance of the Word of God. You've got to understand the Tao. What is the Tao? The Tao is the place of serving. The Tao is you washing someone else's feet with your time, talent and treasure. Time, talent and treasure is how you and I wash someone else's feet. You'll never be truly fulfilled in this Christian life if you're always looking for Jesus to bless you instead of looking for someone to bless. Because God wants to bless people through you. It starts in the family. It starts building a strong family. It's at work. It's in the church. It's in the community. It's in the family. It's in the church. It's in tithes and offerings. We are servants. Lots of people wanna be leaders, but you gotta learn to be a servant. And the best leaders are servants. A lot of people are like, hey, let me get promoted to leadership. And I get it and it's a gift and it's important, but leaders are servants. Jesus says, He says in Matthew 20, 28, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. You mean, God, you mean, Pastor Anthony, I need to help people? Yes! Let me say it again. You mean, I I, I need to do something for other people? You're like, but I can't because I'm selfish. That's the point. How many know as a two-year-old you were selfish? Put up your hand, please. Everyone put up your hand, put up two hands, put up two feet. Remember how selfish you were as a two-year-old? What did you say? Mine, mine. You're like those birds from the cartoons. Mine, 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 mine. And how many know when you come to Jesus, you're not a servant? You're looking for Jesus to serve you. And so you should because He's the servant. But then He asks you to serve. Do you know every time you give in the offering, that's your moment to serve? Do you know every time you make church friendly, moment to serve? Do you know that every time you love your wife, love your husband, that's your moment to serve? Do you know every time you make coffee for someone, make dinner for someone, there's a good chef in our house. You know, if you serve people food with the love of God, that's serving. If you're a business leader in this place, you're like, oh, I'm a business leader. Serve with your business leading gift. How many of you know that Chick-fil-A is not great? Because someone's up there going, I'm a leader of Chick-fil-A. No, they have built a culture of servanthood based on the Bible. And now you go there and go, oh my gosh, it was your pleasure to serve me? Yes. Yes. Would you like more chicken? Yes, I would. 
Yes, I would. We, 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 we messed up on your order. Here's seven free things. I'm coming back. I went to Burger King. I think they threw the French fries at me. Your gift of music is to serve. My gift of preaching is to serve. My gift of leading. Do you know, do you know why Transform Men is starting to do some great things? Because I'm actually, I just desire men to grow. So I take my time and I serve men and then they grow. They just grow. Why is Transform Women doing great stuff? Because they got Tessa. you guys didn't give me much time today, did you? On the clock it says four minutes 30. I think I need, how many can give me five more minutes? Just, all right, five more minutes, 10 more minutes, 15 more minutes, 20 minutes, 25, 30. You gotta discover the towel. I don't know if I'll have time to get through all of my destination, I promise I would. You have to discover the cross. You have to discover the cross cross is where you discovered God really does love me. Jesus bled for you, gave His life for not just you, but for the world, for humanity. He loves you. You might be far away from God in this place. You're like, I don't get religion, it's morals and it's this. No, it's that. It's the love of God being poured out for you. He didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He came to forgive the world. He came to rescue the world. He loves the world, but He loves you. He loves every man in this place. He loves every woman in this place. The Father sent not some angel, He sent Himself through the person of Jesus Christ to pay the sin of the world. Wouldn't it be tragic to pay for your own sin when someone already did? I just refinanced my house and could you imagine at the end of it, if I pay off my mortgage and I, I go to the bank, I'm like, hey, I paid it all off. And they're like, don't you know at the start of your mortgage, someone paid for you already? I'm like, oh, what? Someone paid and they didn't tell me? God paid your debt already. Trying to pay back God, He's already paid it. Now live thankful. Let me say this, the cross is the place also where sin is serious. The cross is, shows us that God takes sin seriously. God is not looking for Fox or CNN or the education system to wonder about their morality and change His. And one of the great dangers and the fears I have for some people is that they come into church for the first time and second time and third time and, and they're almost looking for me to affirm their morality. And my fear for you sometimes is you come to church and go, is the pastor gonna affirm my morality? My job is not to affirm your morality. My job is to tell you how much God loves you. My job is to tell you that His grace is for you. But my job is also to point you to the Word so that you discover His morality and His truth in found in the Scriptures and that you don't just create an own image of your own little God and call Him Jesus. 
but you discover His standards because He is changeless forevermore. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. He will not change. He does not ask man's opinion. He is not hoping that you vote for Him. Let me say this real quick. Um, because the values of our culture have changed so much in the last number of years, it's so easy to get sucked into deceptive language. Deceptive language. I was reading, I was reading recently the position on a political party, a governmental party. I was just reading their position about a certain thing. And their language was so cute, so flowery. It, it sounded so good. I read it, I was like, wow, that sounds good. I literally, as someone who knows the Word of God, it sounds so good. But what they really were saying is that you can do the most extreme things and you just call it something else. Our government just voted that you can end the life of a baby at nine months. And call it what you will. You can call it reproductive rights. You can call it all kinds of stuff. The interesting thing about humanity, watch this now. We believe lies if we hear them too long. Look, as a pastor, but also a father, I'd tell you, if you're, if you're fathering children here, if you're, a, if you're a mother to children in the education system right now, you better check what your kids are listening to. You better check it because in the name of compassion, we have literally lost our conviction. And in the name of compassion, we are literally sending confusion to a generation. And sometimes out of a soft heart to certain issues, you get blinded by bigger issues and you don't even realise that they're there. And I would say to every single one of you today, that one of the most dangerous doctrines has been snuck into our whole education system. And their goal was to start it in ninth grade, but they said, why do that? Let's start that in kindergarten. Could you imagine telling your child at six and seven and eight, nine years old and 10 years old that you should choose your own gender? What? I don't let my kids choose their own TV shows. Again, in the name of compassion for one, you're creating confusion for everyone. And some of you need to dig, dig, dig much deeper into the Scriptures and just realise that that is demonic and diabolical. And I just, I, I, as a dad, I'm like, what are you going to teach my kids? At eight? Five? 
Parents, some of you need to wake up. You need to dig into it. Listen to what Booker T. Washington said. He said, a lie doesn't become a truth. Wrong doesn't become right. And evil doesn't become good just because it is is accepted by the majority. Let me move on. A couple more pictures as I land the plane. I want you to show the picture of Christ coming out of the tomb. I loved our worship today because I was like, that's tying into my message. I was like, yeah. Me and Magno didn't even talk. She was like, yeah, the Spirit's leading this one. The picture of Christianity is not Jesus on the cross though. It's actually Jesus out of the tomb because we serve a victorious God, a victorious Saviour. He didn't just die for you. He rose from the dead. The picture of Jesus is a warrior who fights, but it's a victorious warrior. And you and I can tell the world, Jesus lives. He didn't stay dead. Take your seat, take a seat. Gosh, maybe I need to turn this into a series because I got lots more pictures. How many enjoyed picture day? Picture day. Some of you are gonna sign up for a new Bible. You're like, you want the Strong's Concordance? You're like, no. I want Lego Man Bible. (laughs) Along this journey of faith, you need to discover the power of the dove. The dove is the symbol of the Holy Spirit. The dove is a dove of purity, it's a bird of purity. It has nine feathers on one side and nine feathers on the other. There are nine fruits of the Spirit. There are nine supernatural gifts of the Spirit. The dove is balanced, the dove is pure, and He is wants to fill your life and He wants to empower you. The, the, the morality of Scripture is one thing, but really more than anything else, you need to be filled. Gosh, I'm moving quickly. Let me show you this next picture. Romans 5 verse one says this, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. But I want you to see that one day you'll stand and I'll stand before the very King of glory, justified by faith, washed in His blood, but my works will be judged. Paul was very clear on this, that if I did it for me, he said, it'll burn up. He says, he literally, you go to heaven. If you know Jesus, He's like, you go to heaven, but did you do the works for you or for me? And we will be rewarded for what we did this side of eternity. Let me encourage every leader in this place, every parent in this place, don't give up doing great things for Jesus. Don't give up doing little things for Jesus. They all matter. Every time the Bible says, if you just give a cup of cold water in my name. Let me show you the final picture. 
the end of your life isn't where you retire. The end of your life is actually you have been given. If you're a Christian here, you've been given the gift of eternal life. And we get to spend eternity with Jesus forever. That's the promise. I don't know if you know that or not. Forever! Forever! John 14 verse 1, He says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. He says, You believe in God, believe also in Me. He says, In My Father's house are many mansions. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you unto Myself. You need to understand the fingerprint that you are uniquely wired. You do need to understand the four quadrants because your life needs wisdom. You do need to understand the Word of God and put value on it. You do need to understand the towel because that's how you serve people. You do need to understand the cross because this is the love of God. You do need to understand the resurrection because we don't serve a, a mute suffering Saviour. We serve a risen Saviour. You do need to understand the power of the Holy Spirit. You do need to understand that one day we'll all stand before God and be rewarded for what we've done. You do need to understand that the greatest invitation going isn't the gift of lottery and winning money. It literally is to one day spend eternity with God in in heaven, that's the Gospel. That's the good news. God loves you. Come on, who's excited? That's the truth of God's Word. Come on, every person standing. All across this place, eyes closed. Father, it's been just a different message, but I pray for every heart, every life, those watching online today. Oh Lord Jesus, would You speak to them where they need it. Our kids in our kids' space right now, would You bless them and strengthen them. Every man from the front row to the back row, every lady from the front row to the back row, my God, You do love them. You gave Yourself for them. And I just pray that this message would hit them and speak to them where they need it. I pray for those who feel like life's been turbulent recently. I pray that You would strengthen them according to Your Word. Strengthen them according to Your Word. Help them value Your Word and honour Your Word. Help them hunger and thirst for righteousness for then they will be filled. Help them plant in the house and plant their lives in You, Jesus. Father, for each one who needs to still be filled with the Holy Spirit and immersed in the Holy Spirit, I pray even right now that You'd begin to do that and unlock that in this place. Unlock the gifts of the Spirit in this place. Unlock a fire from heaven in this place. I thank You for it. I thank You for it. Oh, I worship You, Jesus. I honour You, Jesus. This is Your church. These are Your people. Bless them, God. Bless them, God. Just in a moment of surrender, just you can lift your palms to heaven and just say, Father, fill me. Father, fill me. I've been filled with me. Help me be filled with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here today. And you might have grown up Christian, Catholic, non-religious. You're here for the first time, the 10th time. It doesn't matter. You're online today. And you say, Pastor Anthony, I don't know if I actually do know Jesus. I don't know. I think I might, but I don't know. Jesus said you must be born again. Simply means you need God. All across this place, if you feel like that's you today and you wanna seal that, you wanna secure that, you wanna say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, be my Saviour, be my friend. I need your forgiveness. I needed the cross. I bring my, my, myself to the cross and I just say, thank you for the love of God. So all across this place, if that is you today, we're gonna to pray a simple prayer as a church family, asking Christ to come into our heart, asking Christ to forgive our sin, asking Christ to give us literally the gift of eternal life. Then pray with me. Let's pray this simple prayer. Say, Father, thank You for loving me so much that You gave Your best. Today, do I trust in You? Today, I ask You, give me the gift that I could never earn. By Your grace, change my heart. I wanna be Your child all across this place while eyes are closed. If you meant business with God and the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and raise it high. One, two, three, quickly raise your hand, raise it high, raise your hand, raise it high. Thank you, hands going up all across this place. Every man, everyone, raise your hand. Don't be embarrassed about that. Put it up long enough, high enough for me to see it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, sweetheart, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, thank you so much. You can put your hand down. Father, I pray for every hand, every heart, every life. And I pray and believe You to plant them in Your purpose, plant them in Your house, give them a hunger for Your Word, that they would love You and know You for the rest of their lives, God. I pray for every single other person that You will continue to build their homes and build their families according to the Word of God. Lord, just infuse each one now. Infuse us with the presence of the Holy Spirit to live the life we're called to live, God. In the Name of Jesus, let strength and faith and courage flow in this place like a mighty river, but let it flow out into families and businesses and government, Lord, all across the place in the community. Lord, let the love of God reach people, Lord, in so many different ways, I pray in the mighty Name of Jesus. Come on, Church Alive, let's give Jesus, come on, let's give Jesus a hand.